What is up, you guys? My name is Callan, and this is the Processing Publicly podcast, a safe space for me to explore and integrate my spiritual and psychic awakening journeys. I'm so stoked to have you here with me. My intention is that sharing my journey of diving into deeper understandings of who I truly am will inspire and activate the same in those of you who are called to listen to my podcast. Thank you so much for being here with me. Let's get into it. Okay, here is my 2024 year ahead tarot reading breakdown. Uh, I did this reading about a week ago, I guess. About a week ago. Um, so yeah, did it about a week ago. I've kind of I've looked into the meanings and stuff. I'm not super super familiar with tarot, so yeah, I'm talking as though I'm recording a podcast episode. I didn't know. If it, it, I thought this was maybe going to be just for me, <laughs> it doesn't feel like it's going to be just for me. So I'm going to talk as though this is a podcast episode. So the breakdown of how I did this reading, I have one card for the overall theme of the year. I have one card for quarter one through quarter four of the year. So yeah, just like the season, not that, whatever. You understand what a quarter is. And then under each quarter, I have a card for each month of that quarter so it's like the overall theme for january february and march but january february and march each have their own energy to it okay um so i did that and then i put all the cards back into the deck and reshuffled and everything and then i pulled cards for the 12 astrological houses so just like the different domains of life and the reason why i put the cards back in was so that I could see if there's any overlap. Like, okay, there's an energy that's happening in January. Um, and, like, okay, for example, um, in February, I pulled the Ten of Cups. And then for the astrological houses, my tenth house is also the Ten of Cups. So, ten, ten, ten. I like that. Um, the Ten of Cups is a really happy card. And so I know that in February... The Ten of Cups energy is going to be strong and there's a good chance that it's going to have to do with my career and public standing. So it's helpful in that aspect. There are only two cards that actually did repeat in both. Um, but I think, yeah, that's going to be too much. I think right now I'm just doing the year ahead and not the astrological houses. I'll do a separate one for the astrological houses because otherwise that's like, what, seven, like 29 cards. That's too much for me to break down right now. Okay. Also, I tune in the Akashic Records before I um, press record and something came through. I guess, yeah, I guess I'll just share this now. So something came through more about my sort of like soul calling, my spiritual business, that sort of thing. So let me wrap. I just jotted it down real quick. Um, so another thing that I do with my retreats, the only guidance I had already gotten was that I do the light language activations at the retreats and that it's like supposed to be combining like the pleasure and fun of vacation with like the spiritual wellness component of like a retreat. So dance is another, I fucking love going to shows and just dancing. Like I can just feel my sacral chakra just like boom fucking bursting i guess yeah yeah that's sacral i think dance is like the movement 
component of the retreats and it's just fun like we listen it's not all just like spiritual music or whatever like there's some of that like the pretty you know what like sound bath type stuff but then we also just fucking get down and i don't know maybe i open the aux up to people and we just have like a little party that sounds fun um probably breath work is incorporated as well I have this idea for chakra-balanced meals. Um, just, like, <laughs> the colors of foods correlate with, like, the colors of the chakra, and they support the chakra. Like, it's not just the color matches or whatever, so it's cute. But, yeah, just, like, chakra-balanced meals prepared by professional chefs. It's, like, yeah, because we're combining, like, the luxurious vacation aspect of things. So I want it to be good fucking food, and I want it to be stuff that people have, like, Maybe you've never eaten it before or like trying new things, which is crazy because I'm not a super adventurous food person, but I can tell I'm timeline shifting because I just fucking said that and didn't even question it for a second. And I've never said that in my life. Um, so, yeah, it's just like really good food, really healthy. It like inspires a different level of like how we can make eating spiritual. You know, it's I believe that part of it is like bringing the spiritual into just like everyday life, even if it's not the mundane stuff. Like I'm not called to speak on everyday life in terms of like moms and stuff like that. I don't want to be a mom. I'm not called to all of that. I love the children. Um, I don't particularly love being around them. I'm starting to. OK, I've come a long way. But yeah, so it's not bringing the mundane into like how to be a spiritual mom it's like the mundane and just in the sense of like I don't know it's very normal for me to go to a show you know I go to a show probably once a week by show I mean like a music music show and so it's like okay well how can that be a spiritual thing and not something that throws you off of your balance you know because you're so hung over the next day because you ate too much molly you know it's like how can we bring balance and spirituality into everything especially when we're having fun like I think having fun is like so sacred it's just like whenever you're having fun it's just the best feeling ever you're just like I don't want this to end this is so much fun nobody's ever been like oh wow I'm having so much fun I hope it ends soon you know so it's like how can we make everyday fun I'm kind of just coming up with the shit as I talk too channeling Callan it's called channeling so yeah, chakra balance meals prepped by professional spiritual chefs. Like they also have a background on the spiritual component of it. Um, then one to two days of the retreat is just like exploring, doing excursion stuff. It's like maybe we do breath work in the morning and then we have like a recap at night. Like, you know, we're still doing that sort of stuff. But it's like the whole day is like, okay, we're going to go, I don't know, swim with dolphins and then parasail and go I don't know fucking bungee jumping we can go skydiving like whatever the fuck we want to do go eat some other good food and just like explore the area that we're in you know it's not about coming to this amazing like place that you've never been in the world and then just staying at a retreat center the whole time that's not the the full vibe and then I think that my partner and I lead sort like I don't know what to call it other than like a sex workshop, like healing from sexual trauma and like bringing sacred union into the relationship. And like, I don't know, I just really feel 
I've done a lot of work on my sexual trauma, but a lot, I get triggered a lot in relationships around it. So some of that, not that it has to be reserved for a relationship. I just feel like that's probably how it's going to play out and that my soul partner is going to have a big part to play. I don't know what that looks like right now, but a big part to play in like my full healing so that we can come together in a way that's unobstructed by all the shit from the past. And then he's, I'm sure, got, he's not like, you know, the most sexually uh, balanced and pure person ever just naturally. Like, I'm sure he's got work to do too. And so we just like have that journey together and then it, it inspires other people. Um, so yeah, these are things that I've literally never considered doing in my life. But the way I'm talking about it sounds like I have been for a while. Sounds like my higher self has been up to some stuff. Alrighty, we are going to get into the actual tarot reading part of this. Cool. So, I'll go through and say all the cards that I pulled just off the jump. So, for the yearly theme, I've got a major arcana card, and it's the High Priestess. Also, fun fact, the High Priestess was the first, like, the first tarot reading that I ever had, the first card in it was the High Priestess. So, it was, like, the, it was all major arcana cards, too. It was literally four major arcana cards. Um, it was, like, the High Priestess, the Hangman, um, the Hierophant, and, like, one other one. I, I, even still now, I don't really know what all that means. But... So we've got the High Priestess. For quarter one, I have the Knight of Pentacles. For January is the Nine of Wands. February, Ten of Cups. That one is repeated in my astrology, like astrological house reading. Uh, Ten of Cups is in the Tenth House. And then for March, I've got the Six of Pentacles. So the overall energy is pentacles and then i've got wands cups pentacles that seems as pretty balanced okay quarter two we've got the page of cups and then for april i've got the three of cups which is repeated in my seventh house i've got for may the ace of cups shout out ella's dream on this one and then i've got fuck okay in june i've got the three of wands so overall for q2 is cups and then i've got cups cups wands no sword energy yet for q3 i've got the king of wands so yeah got the king of wands then for july i've got the wheel of fortune a major arcana card in august another major arcana card the star and then in September, the Five of Swords. Um, that's our first Swords card, and it's the shittiest one. It's okay. Um, Q4, the overall theme is The Magician. I love this one. I Whenever I asked Amy what my like main archetypes are in my Akashic Records at that point in time, so about like six months ago, she was like, the magician is a really big one. Like, I'm just a powerful manifester, which is true. Like, I feel like I don't have as much troubles as other people. I still haven't gotten it all figured out by any means. But if anything, that's just because I've got, excuse me, I've got this huge resistance to, like, fully applying myself because I just know how powerful I'll be. 
Okay. Overall theme for Q4 is the Magician. And then October, we've got the beloved Tower card. I don't actually get super scared of the Tower card. Like, my whole life used to feel like a Tower card. So, it's nothing but a thing. Then, following... And if it's in the name of the Magician energy, fucking take the shit that doesn't fit anyways. Like, let my life fall apart a little bit so that I can reassemble and have a way fucking better life. And that seems to be the way it's going. Um, because after, in November, we've got the Knight of Swords. And then in December, we have got the King of Coins. I'm really excited about that one. So, overall theme, High Priestess. Q1, Knight of Pentacles, Court Card. Q2, Page of Cups, Court Card. Q3, King of Wands, Court Card. Q4, the Major, I mean, the Magician, Major Arcana. We've got some big energies, you guys. Okay, my intention is not for this to be a fucking, like, three-hour podcast episode. I make no promises, all right? So for the overall theme of the year, we've got the High Priestess. Um, the book that I'm mainly going to be referencing is called WTF is Tarot and How Do I Do It by Bakara Wintner. Um, owner of Everyday Magic. I don't know. I got this book a while back, and I don't know. Now I'm kind of looking at it and wondering. Um, as always, use your own discernment when, you know, referencing stuff like this. I, eh, I think I'm going to get a new tarot book. Honestly, I like the, the wit and the banter of this chick. And I haven't come across any messages that I feel like are wrong. But there's an iffy symbol on the front of the book. And I'm like, eee. I don't know. I had no idea about it. Even before, like, a couple weeks ago. And now I'm like, eh. I don't know. So I'm trusting that everything that comes through and registers and lands. This is me setting an intention right now. Everything that comes through and registers and lands and resonates with all of you as well as myself that it's aligned with the truth, with our highest good, with our highest healing, that it, if there are any hijacked parts that we kind of just like zone out and it's like it doesn't really absorb in our brain, we don't really notice it, it's not like we're scared to look at it or anything, but it just doesn't have to affect us. Um, so yeah, okay, that's the intention I'm setting, we're gonna carry on with the reading. So the High Priestess, they, this book it includes like little quotes for each major arcana card. Then it'll give like descriptive words. And then it has the card meaning and then the anecdote for the card. For the sake of time, I'm not reading the anecdotes. I'm just reading the card meaning. Um, it's going to be not traditional meanings, okay? So, the quote is, the only real valuable thing is intuition from Albert Einstein, because we were talking about the priestess here, um, where intuition is the big thing. Um, so, the other words are depth, mystery, receptive, ethereal, top bitch, self-trust, devotion, watchful, pure, still, goddess, arcana, ancient, intuitive, divine, feminine. All of those things are like things that I've yeah okay this all makes sense the high priestess is the ultimate initiator into the mysteries embodying the ancient knowing that lives within us all she comprises the feminine side of the tarot's astral power couple 
If the magician is the god, she is the goddess. If he is religion, she is mysticism. Where he is active and vocal, she is passive and silent. And yet they are entirely equal in their power. She is devoted to aligning herself with the divine. Yup. Plumbing its mysteries and knowing it personally. Yup. Beyond passion, emotion, sexuality, and humanity, the high priestess represents total purity of spiritual intention. Because the high priestess is a disembodied energy, she takes us outside of the baser desires that accompany being human. In a life that is constantly buzzing, that interrupts stillness at every turn, that is full of toxins and indulgences, we commune with the high priestess when we are longing to detox and know ourselves. In a, sobriety, in a society that doesn't acknowledge the legitimacy of feminine power, here we are reminded. Dude, yeah, I've definitely been called into this. Like, there is power in sitting back and not like like sitting back and receiving allowing things to happen for you think about how often we do that not very often it makes a lot of us really uncomfortable she is accessed through meditation and quiet moments we cannot be fully informed human beings in the world without knowing ourselves in this way first without the depth of the high priestess the message of the magician is vapid and he is more trickster than truth keep in mind i have the magician come in in q4 and yeah, so it just, it, it, I don't know. It's like, I don't have a very in-depth understanding of the tarot, but just looking at the way that everything plays out, I'm like, hmm, this seems very flowy, very much so like a story and that there's some big things happening leading up to a big thing. It's like this year I am the high priestess, but I'm also the magician. We can receive the tools and act upon them, but until we internalize that action and make our own meaning out of it, we are not woke. I don't really like the term woke. Um, any kind of spiritual channeling or creative work requires that we have access to this consciousness. Yep. It could be said that the magician facilitates the recognition of divine energy, whereas the high priestess allows for the experience of it and entrance into it. Hmm. I don't know if I resonate with that last sentence. When you know something is true on a gut level, beyond a shadow of a doubt, but don't know how you know it, you're tuning into the wisdom of the High Priestess. The High Priestess has definitely been visiting me lately. Um, we develop a relationship by trusting ourselves. It's the feeling we get when we know someone is lying or sense familiarity in a stranger. When we doubt our intuition, we dismiss a feeling. When we dismiss a feeling as crazy, when we invalidate our instincts, we sever ourselves from the power she offers us. The high priestess doesn't give a fuck that she value. Wait. The high priestess doesn't give a fuck that she values intention over intellect because she knows her intuition will lead her will never lead her astray. She speaks slowly and quietly, chews her food before swallowing it, and radiates certainty even in her stillness. She's besties with the divine and relies on unfailing connection for her power which makes her unwaveringly powerful. Um, so I was reading this the other day whenever I was going through the different cards that I pulled. And the anecdote for this one is actually really cute. It's, it's about her, um, like the author of this book, and she meets this guy and they fall in love and they're having the greatest time and this, that, and the other. And then, uh, so I'm just going to read this one paragraph from it milos and i spend a summer pushing each other into pools fully clothed with expensive watches on and cell phones in our pockets 
barefoot burning incense on the beach. We called each other at all hours of the night with ideas for poetry and music and revolution. We bought journals and filled them with prose and innovations and plans. We filled our trunks with seashells and water bottles. We lay on the floors of bookstores and studied God. We deemed the song of the summer Sugar Magnolia by the Grateful Dead and called each other in the morning singing. I fucking love that. Just like I literally have a, a Grateful Dead hoodie and it's got lyrics from Sugar Magnolia and it says we can dis- we can discover the wonders of nature and it's got like the dancing bears and stuff on the back. But it's literally perfect for me because I'm like, oh, yeah, I love nature. Like t- I'm talking about having these retreats where we combine the beauty of nature with the spiritual aspect of it, all of this. And I've literally always dreamed of like the person that I'm with, like we're just... I don't know, laying in bed, chilling around the house in our underwear. We're smoking a joint. We're reading poetry to each other. We're like discussing things that I've never discussed with anyone else and not in a trauma way and just such an expansive, like we just bring ideas out of each other. And this paragraph, I didn't even realize it. I was just reading it for the sugar magnolia part because I fucking love the Grateful Dead. Um, But yeah that's literally the idea that I have for myself like fuck our fancy watching our phones I'm pushing you in the pool you know and I'm not at that place right now so it's just yeah it's really sweet um oh yeah I remember this story being sad so that happens and then he like they have to go their separate ways or whatever it was like a summer thing where they met and he goes back he texted her and at the end he said you really are a sunshine daydream which is from the sugar magnolia song and uh then she got on a plane and whenever she got off of her plane she had received news that he had died um he was leaning over a cliff to gaze at the view and fell 80 feet whew I forgot about that part of it. But, okay, it says, In a reading, this card calls for non-action. Get still within yourself and connect with your own wisdom. The high priestess heightens our awareness of secret or hidden information. She also comes through in dreams to deliver intuitive messages. It may be time to develop a meditation practice, rekindle your spirituality, or sharpen your psychic abilities. Doing all of those. Draw to the esoteric, etheric, and occult. Trust your intuition. You don't need the advice of other people. You already know what's true. Give yourself permission to make emotional decisions. Maybe you've let yourself become too tangled up in or influenced by external energies. She calls for simplicity to draw, to withdraw from involvement or to return to ourselves. Um, okay, I, <laughs> I feel like I left you guys on a, on a cliffhanger with this story. So after the part where he falls and file 80 feet she said i've since retraced my steps and familiarized myself with the knowing the intuitive hints that i was living in something precious and ethereal more than that i identified the sense that i had all along that it was worth remembering documenting letting in fully and without doubt i recognized in him a teacher and a soulmate and a brother and the force of that connection along with the understanding of its transience allowed for me to fix my chemistry uncross my wires Changed me on a cellular level beyond anything I'd ever experienced before. Not a day has passed since where I have not felt him with me. That literally almost makes me cry. 
Um, I definitely cried the first time I read it. But basically, she's just saying that all of that was so special and she was so present with it because she had an intuitive understanding that there was gold where she was and that it wasn't going to last forever. And yeah, she was right. So that's how this really adorable story ending in tragedy. All right, for Q1, we have the Knight of Pentacles. I totally could have found the card before I am. Okay. The Knight of Pentacles. Um, so next to each card, she's got like a title for it. Like one of them's the fuck boy. Another one is like work hard, play hard. You know, it's like little sayings that you kind of get an idea of what it's about. So the Knight of Pentacles is the nerd. The Son of Pentacles and Son of Swords have much in common. And I also have the Knight of Swords for my November card. So the Son of Pentacles and Son of Swords have much in common. And they often will show up alongside each other in a reading as different aspects of or options for the same person. Okay, that's interesting. They're not like next to each other. I mean, they're within the same year. Anyways. The most notable difference is the pacing, where the Son of Swords is giving you anxiety because of his no chill. The Son of Pentacles, which is the one, is the theme for Q1, is slow and steady. What he lacks in natural brilliance, he makes up for in industriousness. He's not going to push boundaries or take wild risks, and he's probably not going to invent the next internet. He will, however, accomplish his goal. A more sustainable energy than his sword's counterpart, he understands that some efforts just take time. If the daughter of Pentacles was waiting on or deciding between opportunities, then the son of Pentacles got it and is grinding away. His professional aspirations are the backbones of his identity, the through line through which all of his priorities are set. He will work weekends and holidays if necessary. He doesn't fly out of the office as soon as his shift is up. He's not going to have another drink because he has work the next morning. He's the responsible friend who makes you question your poor life choices. There's an unglamorous reality that lives between the conception of a dream and its manifestation, and most of that reality is the Son of Pentacles. He gets flack for being stubborn, socially awkward square, but he's the one laughing all the way to the bank. Exceedingly diligent, dedicated, and focused, there's nothing he cannot accomplish. Sometimes there's boring work required to harness a vision and root it in the ground, but it's more boring to have a bunch of pipe dreams, unlaid plans, and great ideas that die on the vine. Um... Yeah, I can definitely relate to that. I think right now I am in that unglamorous part of learning how to make things happen and also pulling out of, like, like to make my dreams happen and everything, I kind of need to have money and... Right now, I'm being called to really pull out of the old money matrix so that I can move on to a new one. And so it's it's like the balance of like, okay, just do the work that you don't necessarily really want to do so that you can do the work that you really want to do. This is the message that I get from this. Um, yeah. And so then in January, it goes into the nine of wands which essentially just represents exhaustion 
it's you got this. A lot has been demanded of you to get this far and you're tired. Whatever unexpected, glittery, wooden moonlight path you're walking has test your endurance, but you're almost there. Maybe the next step is uncertain, or maybe the next step seems like a rickety, structurally unsound piece of shit step that you still don't feel like scaling anyways. Maybe you can't see the step after the one in front of you. Maybe no one gives you a map. Maybe you don't know where the hell you're going. Maybe it's dark out. Maybe in moments of weakness you long to go back, but there is no going back. You already know that. And if you're being honest with yourself, you don't want to. The fulfillment, inspiration, and purpose you crave are awaiting you. Grumble all you want, but you are never going to say no to this journey. Accept where you are, rest if you need to, and then get your ass up and keep going. Um, It's reinforced by the, the star, which is also in my, in my reading. Um, so for this card, honestly, the way that things are playing out, so I've got, I've got about a week, and then I'm going home for Christmas, and then I'll have, I guess, about a week, not even a week, back, like, half a week, back, and then back home where I live, and then it is January, it's the new year. And so I've got, like, one more month of being, like, I don't, I don't know, I kind of, I feel like I'm in the dark right now. Um, and I don't know, maybe it's the, January just feels like, what the fuck. But first week of February, I have a music festival, and then I, so I'm gone, and then I come back. So that's extra expenses for this music festival, and it's time where I'm not going to be working. And, which doesn't really make that much of a difference anyways. And so, yeah, it's just expensive. It's extra expenses on top of what I'm already paying to go and do this. But, the, like, the tickets were a birthday gift and whatever. Then I come home, and then I leave for, at the beginning of March, or actually at the end of February, for, like, two weeks in Costa Rica. I have to, like, feed myself. I have to, like, pay for a shuttle. I have to pay for my baggage. That's two weeks that I'm not going to be working. I uh, Yeah, there's a lot. And then from then on, like, that's probably whenever I'll start working music festivals. But I've got, like, debt to pay off and then more money that I have to make to keep up with my bills. I still don't know how, like, being able to work music festivals is really exciting. I was talking about this, like, I don't know, I guess last week on the podcast. But it by no means solves all my problems. It is not going to be the way that I'm able to afford all the things that I'm trying to accomplish this year. And what I'm trying to accomplish this year is growing and evolving. So, it, yeah, it's just... Yeah, I don't know. I this nine of wands, like this exhaustion, and just being like, maybe no one gave you a map. Maybe you're you only have one step in front of you, and it seems like a fucking rickety one. But you know that you're doing this. You don't want to be doing anything else. I feel very called to the plans that I have for this year. So yeah, we're we're just gonna fucking see how all of this plays out. But I'm confident that I'm gonna be just fine. That part hasn't changed. Um, yeah, it's just a fun energy to start the year off with. But luckily, luckily, 
the next card is the Ten of Cups for February. This isn't one of the ones that was repeated um, in my 10th house. And the Ten of Cups is a powerful Beyonce music video. The question we ask in the Ace of Cups, which shows up in my reading later, is what if I'm actually gorgeous? Is answered in the 10 with a resounding, hell yeah, you are, honey. This card is the apex of feminine power, and we're feeling like a queen and a goddess, gentle and powerful, a nurturer and a warrior. Talon translates into Irish as mighty warrior. Um, fierce and soft, overflowing and full at the same time. The dazzling, bright, hot stage lights inside us switched on, and we can finally bear witness to our own radiance and magnetism. Thank fucking God. Like, I need, like, a peak, like, a culmination point of, like, I'm that bitch, you know? I've been getting there. Um, but this is exciting stuff. Physicality has no bearing on the effects of this card. Anyone embodying this energy is glowing from the inside out. <sighs> One of the things I was talking about that I received from my higher self, um, if you haven't listened, please go listen to the episode, Heard It Through the Cosmic Grapevine. It's a good one. Um, but I was talking about how I have the most radiant skin because I'm just like glowing from within. There's no mistaking this glow. <laughs> okay. Um, no amount of highlighter can make you this radiant and the currency of it far outweighs aesthetic perfection. I literally had that same thought whenever I was like talking about how glowy I am. We know this, we sense it in others, we feel it course through our veins. The precarious happiness discovered in the Nine of Cups stabilizes and grounds in the tin. In this place, we're in the best possible position to give to the world. Thank God. Fortified by an understanding of our value and secure enough to ask for what we need, the Ten of Cups shows, up perfect, shows us perfect reciprocity, the gorgeous ripple effect of having a big life. It's reinforced by the High Priestess, the theme of my year. Um, let's see. Do I have... No, and then... Okay. Um, and then it's opposed by the Hermit, which shows up in my astrological house part of the reading. And then uh, also opposed by the Nine of Wands. So, um, yeah, I've got Nine of Wands in January and then the opposing card in February. But it's like the Nine of Wands is like, you don't know what the fuck's going on. You don't know how all this is going to work. And then the Ten of Cups is like, but you fucking learned how to ask and the universe shall fucking receive. So here you go, baby. Spread your light. Have your fun. Do your fucking mission. And yeah, I just think it's fitting that right whenever my festival season kicks off, that's when that energy is coming. So Amy made a good point the other day. She's like, I think these energies get initiated like in the month in which you call them, but then they ripple out for a while. So it's not like it just fucking ends abruptly and then all of a sudden I'm like, you know, just drowning in blessings or whatever. But um, yeah, the Ten of Cups is a fucking happy card. And then after the Ten of Cups, the next card is the Six of Pentacles, which is it's all happening. <laughs> I'm fucking excited about this. Okay. So after the famine of the Five of Pentacles, which we haven't talked about, but the Five of Pentacles fucking sucks. Um, 
After the famine of the Five of Pentacles, we're determined to not let that shit happen again. We research fertilizer, seed strains, irrigation methods, and all the other stuff that farmers and gardeners do. We plant our seeds lovingly and intentionally and commit to caring for them. And holy shit, they sprout up in a beautiful little buds of possibility. I've been... Li possibility has been a big word for me lately. We're not rich, but who cares? Okay, so maybe I'm not winning the lottery just yet. We're so in love with what we wanted, of what we started, so dazzled by these miraculous little manifestations that money now takes its rightful place as energy and nothing more. I feel like I'm sort of in that place now. It's There's still some work to go, but... Financial generosity lives in the modest means of the Six of Pentacles. Let's go. While this card is grounded in the material and physical world, spiritual and psychic shifts are common here. Uh, yeah, I'm fucking expecting that. Big time. Like, big time. I'm not gonna get into it, but that's what 2024 is about. Um, everyone longs to believe the work that they do matters, and in the Six of Pentacles, our heart and our work meet in the same place. Let's fucking go! We can love the challenges and setbacks as much as the victories and success, because it's all ours. This is the card for the entrepreneur, the girl boss. I don't like that term, girl boss. Just be a fucking boss. Why do you have to be a girl boss? The, the makers and believers in magic every damn day. Let's fucking get it! And so, this card is reinforced by the magician present in this reading. It's also... Fuck, hold on, sorry. Okay, yeah. So, that's the only one that's reinforced by that I have in my reading. And then, it is opposed by... Mm. It's opposed by none of the cards that I have. Cool. So, yeah, that's the Six of Pentacles for March. Now okay, Podcastle, I'm getting annoyed with you. So, I just did the Q2 um, thing. I'm going to reread it again and try and remember all the things that I just said. So, the Daughter of Cups is a space cadet. The dreamers, violet children, and Luna love goods of the world align with the energy of the Daughter of Cups. The world hasn't beaten the shit out of her yet, though her spaciness can be frustrating and unreliable. You hope it never will. If she's an older person, she somehow managed to protect her sense of wonder from the elements to lovely results. She pursues what she finds to be beautiful and interesting with no real end, a novelty in this goal-oriented or and career-motivated world. If you can hold her attention long enough, she will delight you with her proficiency in poetry and literature. That sounds cool. She learned massage therapy in Costa Rica. I'm going to Costa Rica in March, the month before this energy, like, takes off. Um, and did a yoga, te yoga teacher training in India. I would love to go to India for, like, something like this. And I was looking up private yoga teachers the other day. Um, like, I'm manifesting that this year, whenever I am in town, like in my home base and not traveling that I've got like a two or three time a week uh private yoga instructor it's like a hundred something dollars an hour I totally can't afford that now but it's happening so it's just cool that this comes up um she's flown in three languages her art floors you and you don't even know anything about art when you ask if she's ever thought about selling it she shrugs off the question when you tell her you know a gallery owner that you could connect her with she changes the subject 
A couple weeks ago, I was tuning into my highest timeline, and one of the things was that I, like, make really cool, unique, like, handmade art, and I mainly do it as gifts for people, and sometimes people ask if I sell it, and I very rarely will I sell it. It's not really like a, I'm doing this for your money, it's, you're such a fucking cool person, and I love you and cherish you, and your energy is so precious to me that I'm going to pour my energy into making this art for you for you to enjoy you know that was the vibe of it so yeah i'm down for this um relationships with the daughter of cups can be baffling because they're sitting atop a gold mine of unharvested talent it's especially annoying when they're a starving artist and can't pay their rent the daughter of cups isn't very good at being a human the logistics of life do not hold her interest and she probably hasn't done her taxes in three years yeah okay that's fine be gentle with her and with this part of yourself. She is the source of all creative inspiration, the muse. She embodies the purest experience of all wonder and reverence humans are capable of. It's easy to ignore this, and she will not fight for your attention. Almost everything is more pressing and time-sensitive than what she offers, but few things are as nourishing. Um, yeah, I'm super fucking down for that. Let's fucking do it. Okay, boy um yeah okay so now i was just like pausing in between each card so that i could go find the card whatever not have to cut it out later but podcast will fucking hate me so guess we're not gonna do that anymore because it's just it keeps glitching and then it's just gonna make my life a lot harder in the long run um so now for april we've got the three of cups so let me find that. Here we go. The Three of Cups is the girl gang. Uh, Three of Cups also showed up in my seventh house. When the squad gets together... Eh, hold on. When the, squad, when the squad gets together, we enter into the warm, content, glittery cocoon of the Three of Cups. Who do you love the most? Who do you get together with and feel like all is right? Like nothing's missing. Like the world could end right then and there and it wouldn't. And it would be sort of fine. Whether you're turning up, staying in, working, devastated, experiencing a crisis, or doing nothing, it is better and easier simply because these people are with you. A card that speaks to a soul-level connection between people. It shows up to tell us that we're surrounded by people who have our back, who want us to sh who want to show up for us who will be there through thick and thin. Let them in. Allow the nourishment that can be delivered only by true friendship. Fully accepting love can be an emotional and scary endeavor, but if there was ever a time to experiment with it, it is here with these people. Have fun. Feel blessed. You're never alone if you don't choose to be. Um, it is reinforced... Fuck, hold on. It's opposed by the hermit. Which is in my fourth house for the reading. And yeah, okay. Um, the thing that I'm feeling about this card is okay, so it's also in, it's fitting that it's in the category of like partnership, marriage, business partnerships, like that sort of thing. And then it's talking about like my soul people. So in April, I don't have tickets yet, but I'm planning to go to this music festival, and I'm really fucking excited for it, and I just feel like this is what this is hinting at, like, some of my soul family is coming 
back and I don't know whenever I'm at music festivals that's whenever I'm like I feel safe here I feel supported by everyone that I'm around um I could strike up a conversation with almost anyone here and they would be down to talk about like energy and stuff that's maybe even just kind of spiritual maybe they don't dive as deep into it as I do I have yet to meet anyone in my real life who dives in as deep as I have <sighs> not in a superiority way just that's just the way the timelines are playing out so we've got this three of cups which is this really beautiful energy in April and then it's leading into the ace of cups in May which is what if I'm actually gorgeous and that relates to the one that's about the Beyonce yeah that relates to the ten of cups so I love that I'm pretty sure every card so far has in the description of it it's said and it's also related to this card which is also in my reading it just feels all very um weave together so ace of cups the sweet card of self-love and renewal the ace of cups offers us a much needed hydration after the draining and sometimes futile expedition of the swords a suit of nourishment healing love and spirituality the ace gives us the initial taste of the cups qualities and with it hope in this period of peace we're urged to look inside and connect with our real needs the swords unearth the wounded undeveloped aspects of our psyche and here, here we enact the self-care needed to heal. This is the appropriate time to bring in a healer or support system or to consider training in health, in a healthy, oh my God, consider training in a healing modality. The Ace of Cups is calling to more deeply explore the nature of our emotional landscape and often shows up alongside a spiritual experience, birth and fertility and viewing ourselves in a more forgiving light. While the Ace of Cups does not signify a romantic relationship, it enables the foundation needed to cultivate healthy connections with others. It's reinforced by the Hierophant, which is in my second house of money and possessions. Um, reinforced by the Hermit, which is in the fourth house of home, life, ancestry, ancestry and lineage. And also reinforced by the Star, which is in my August. It's my August card. And then it's opposed by the Wheel of Fortune, which is my July card. Also opposed by the Five of Swords, which is like the shitty one in September. And then, yeah. So, okay, so this feels like a pretty, pretty relevant energy. And the fact that the Ace of Cups. So earlier, I shouted out Ella Stream. Um, He's got a song called Ace of Cups. That song fucking changed my life. It was like one of the very first songs that I knew in the EDM sort of community, even though it's... Anyways, um, it's fucking... It's awesome. It makes me cry all the time. Um, it used to be I just hear the opening and just tears would start flowing. Now it's not so much, but... I've listened to it so many fucking times, and yeah, I just recommend it, and I think that it's fitting in May, what festival, 
I don't know if I'm seeing Alice Dream in in May, but that would be dope. I don't know. I might be. I'm working festivals, and I don't know which ones I'm working, and so therefore, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Um, so we've got the Ace of Cups in May, and then it goes into the Three of Wands for June, which is right here. The Three of Wands looking ahead. You're standing in the middle of something that you've made, and it's good. You did a thing. There's beauty inside of it. And yet you kind of want to take a sledgehammer to the edges of it to make room for more. The Three of Wands allows us to see that something, what something can become. The desire for expansion this card brings with it is not connected to selfishness or greed or ego. It is born of a transformative desire that is distinctly divine. Whew, yeah. In readings, I see this card connected to flashes of clarity or clairvoyance. Um, I do. I am clairvoyant, so okay, I'm here for that. Um, that seemed, I don't know, maybe this is when, like, my third eye really opens up. I don't know, it's talking about flashes of clarity. Anyways, where for a moment space and time fold in on on themselves and allow us to glimpse something more. It is also the time to re-examine plans we've made that we cannot visualize coming to pass. I just can't see it has merit here. In the Three of Wands, there's a strong possibility we've outgrown something. Do not postpone renovating your house for fear of the temporary disarray of construction. This is not a time for complacency. Follow your desire to lean into the unknown. Inversely, take time to appreciate what you've manifested so far. While having a corporate job wasn't my ultimate path, I needed to first get that job in order to realize I didn't want it. Do not diminish the thing that you've outgrown because it was the very thing that allowed you to grow and then outgrow. That allowed you to grow and then outgrow in the first place. Um, reinforced by the tower, which I see in October. Um, sorry, I'm just looking for the other cards. And... Uh, and it's opposed by the devil, which is my ninth house card. Of uh, mental exploration, long distance travel, and no, nope, nope. Okay, so yeah, this just feels like it's like okay, I've had the first half of the year. These are all the things that I've accomplished. I thought that I wanted A, B, and C, but maybe I want like B, C, and D. You know, like, I don't think I want A anymore. But I needed A to figure out that I wanted D. If that makes sense. That's sort of the energy that it feels like. Okay. Now. Holy shit, we're only halfway through. Okay. The King of Wands. So the King of Wands is the mogul. Everyone loves this guy. He possesses a physical presence that electrifies any room he walks into. You fight for a seat next to... I don't know if I said this, but this is for Q3. You fight for a seat next to him at a dinner party. Under his gaze, you feel important, stimulated, and giddy. The Father of Wands harnesses the latent charisma and intuition of the sun and grew it up. Here, fire meets structure, and where the sun is unfocused and destructive, the Father is potent and dynamic energy. He's combined his creativity and his work to great effect, and he wears and he wears his success elegantly. Whether he's in jeans and a tee or a perfectly tailored suit, 
you know, they're all made by super cool Italian designers that you've never heard of and cost more than your rent. He may be sporting a casual, understated Rolex. He's in his full power, creativity, and sexuality all at once and isn't worried and isn't sorry about it. And no one wants him to be. You feel bigger in his presence. I could not be more delighted that this is... I just love how this reading is going, you guys. Like, and it just feels so spot on. It's not like, oh, I love how this reading is going because it's saying my future is going to be amazing. And I thought that it was going to be awful before this. No, I knew that it was going to be amazing. And then this is just giving me more context, a little bit more of like a structure of it. And also confirming, yeah, it's going to be fucking amazing. Um, You feel bigger in his presence. Cult leader vibes much? Kind of. I'm not going to be a cult leader. She's just being funny. Okay. When the father of wands appears in a reading, I always wonder how much of his younger self's mask he held on to. To some degree, everyone wears a, ma a mask. Whether that is necessary or not is a different matter. But he is just so fucking good. He works a room like a god. He's deeply beloved and highly regarded by friends and colleagues alike. This doesn't necessarily mean there's a catch, but there is an, ine an inevitable shadow. Too self-aware to display outright narcissism. He may harbor feelings of superiority, judgment, or boredom. Okay. Close relationships with this person may result in the feeling is that he's looking at your eyes but not making eye contact. Okay, that's not really the energy that I want to be embodying. Um, he is a big presence and will get restless if not surrounded by people he considers equals. What's more disconcerting about this man is that he knows he's capable of using his powers in light and dark and has done both over the course of his lifetime. I mean, surely, and I'm sure that I've had past lives where I was on the dark force. Right now, I'm confident in my light. So, whatever. I do think that there is um, a possibility of feeling, of, like, feeling. And not, not okay, by feeling superior or, like, judging others, it's, like, I don't know it, it's like I kind of can't control that initial way that I feel but I can see it and say oh that's not really what I want to be doing here okay how can I shift that so yeah this is just something to um just something to keep in mind but I I just like the um like the structure and the like finesse and the confidence that the king of wands is bringing okay all this other stuff i'm like yeah i don't know his sensitivity and ability to read people makes him capable of great compassion and also masterful manipulation i see myself on the side of great compassion i would never have considered myself a master manipulator have i manipulated people before sure we all have um but have I, like, willingly manipulated people before? Sure. Can I? And, like, it's never been anything, like, crazy serious. But things have a ripple effect. So, at the same time, it is crazy serious. Um, But, yeah. I've, I've just way more on the side of compassion. Matthew McConaughey is father of wands, but so is Charles Manson. At worst, he's appeared in readings as a perpetrator. Um, The impact of the father of wands is a powerful one. and But in what capacity can be unclear. To remain in the light, he must hold himself to high standards of integrity, surround himself with people who match him, and find healthy outlets for excess energy. Okay, see? There. Yeah, that's what I was looking for. 
because um, I did not want to be a shitbag. Okay. Then, so that's Q3. For July, we have got the Wheel of Fortune. Um, so the quote for it is, what if a demon were to creep after you one night in your loneliest loneliness and say, this life which you live must be lived by you once again and innumerable times more, and every pain and joy and thought and sigh must come again to you, all in the same sequence. The eternal hourglass will again and again be turned, and you with it, dust of the dust. Would you throw yourself down and gnash your teeth and curse that demon, or would you answer, never have I heard anything more divine? From N-I-E-T-Z-C-H-E. I have no idea how to say that. Huh. So, the words for this are repetition, inception, opportunity, destiny, rebirth, impermanence, cycle, reincarnation, patterns, impartial, inevitable, Interconnected, return, growth, continuous, patterns, karma, time, luck. Um, there are a lot of cards in the tarot that represent the capacity for change, but none so fundamental as the Wheel of Fortune. More change? Let's fucking get it. When we invoke this energy in our lives, we become fully awake to the patterns we repeat and are given an opportunity to break them. Even if we are to some extent aware of this pattern, this archetype brings it to the surface in a way that is perhaps exaggerated or painfully acute. It sounds like I'm finna get triggered in July. Uh, that's okay. A little game showy, a little creepy. It delivers our life back to us in a cinematic fever pitch that makes us cringe and say, wow, am I really still doing this shit? It can be dramatic to feel like we are back in the same place, but that is never the truth. If time is a spiral, we'll find ourselves again and again at parallel points inside it. But each time we do, we are closer to the center. When you arrive at uh -huh. when you arrive at one of these lateral coordinates, you can see the ways you've grown or refused growth, how you're different, and what you're capable of now that you weren't the last time. Can you? Will you do better for your by yourself and others? Then wait. Can you? Will you? Do better by yourself and others than before. I don't know what that's supposed to mean. The Wheel of Fortune is one of the few cards that represents an energy and not a person. Though a person may invite this energy into your life. Imbued with revolutionary potential, the choice presents a, presented to us in the Wheel of Fortune is rarely an easy one. Old habits die hard and it's difficult to break, even, break one even if we know it will serve us. It should be both daunting and reassuring to know that, as far as the tarot is concerned, there are no missed opportunities. We can willfully ignore the cycle brought to our attention through this card and choose to repeat it. The wheel will land on it again, but when it does, it will be more glaring, with more accumulated consequences and higher stakes. This sounds pretty doomsday-esque, but in truth, we do this all the time. Chronic lateness, bad sleeping habits, unhealthy eating, partying too much. When we fail to recognize rectify these patterns the wheel of fortune may appear in form of a missing and important meeting or outgrowing a favorite pair of jeans man i had to throw away a bunch of my clothes that i used to like because they didn't fit and it's like i never wore them because they represented a different version of Callan, a much sadder version of Callan. but i really liked them and i had attachment to them and then i had to get rid of them and i used to not get rid of them but now i've gotten rid of them so that feels like 
a wheel of fortune moment in which I did something that I used to not be ready to do, and then now I am. So, yeah. Uh, more seriously, it may show up as an illness, self-sabotage, or destroying something that we hold dear. In addition to our personal shitty behaviors, the Wheel of Fortune can also speak to karma, past lives, shadow inheritances, and ancestral ties. It's not unusual for this card to show up in a reading as a chance to break a pattern that has followed their bloodline for generations. I've been doing that, so... Both Buddhism and Hinduism acknowledge the concept of reincarnation, and we could look at each, at each spin of the wheel as a new lifetime. The ultimate goal is not to have to incarnate again, which means getting off the wheel in every way. Let's start small, though, shall we? Every time we truly break a cycle, we dismantle that particular wheel. It will no longer leave us dizzy and nauseated because we no longer reeling inside of it. It's literally just talking about triggers, man. An alternate interpretation could be this card appearing during a time of uncertainty where we look at a gamble and are waiting on the result. If so, there's nothing to do but let the wheel stop spinning and see where it lands. Table your efforts and let the universe do its thing. The hermit unearthed the patterns presented to us in the Wheel of Fortune. We know ourselves, what lurks in our depths, and what we're, what we're better, of letting go of, better off letting go of. While it can be humiliating and demoralizing to stay woke to our ugliest behaviors, the Wheel of Fortune is always a prayer answered. It facilitates an awareness called in by the higher self, the part of us that cares more about our betterment than temporary discomfort or embarrassment, and we're better for it. In a reading, karmic cycles, reincarnation, opportunity for major change, invitation to break a pattern, heightened awareness of your behaviors, being tested, waking up for a moment to the inner workings of the universe, the energy of luck, taking a chance, experiencing movement, though you may not be the one controlling the movement, you're in control of how you handle it. Okay. So that doesn't seem as scary and doomsday-esque to me as it can to some people. It just feels like I'm going to have a really fucking solid first part of the year. It's like it might be a little... Things are going to get really good. And then it's like a like a halfway through checking back in like, okay, what do I have? Like, what am I still holding on to that I fucking don't need to be holding on to anymore? And then presumably I let it go in July. And then in August, we have the star. The star. A philosopher once said, are we human because we gaze at the stars or did we gaze at them because we are human? Hmm. Pointless, really. Do the stars gaze back? Now that's a question. Neil Gaiman, Stardust. I, whenever... Stardust is a word that I've used anytime I try to come up with a name for my business. It's like, huh, Stardust, okay. And then I was gonna, I was working for this company where I became a leader and I had a team under me and I had to come up with a team name and we would do like fun team names or whatever. And someone else stole Starseed because I did an oracle reading for him and the Starseed card came up and I was like activating him and then he stole the name. I was like, damn it. So I went with the Stardusters. So that's just cute. Okay. Healing, hope, connection, altruism, wish, divine navigation, rebuild, wellspring, salvage, inspiration, recovery, new dawn, illuminating, cleansing, destiny, guided. Um, yeah, the Wheel of Fortune just seems like a precursor for the star. Let's get into it. We just got the shit kicked out of us by the tower. Uh, I didn't quite yet. That's coming in October. We're tired and broken and probably still covered in ash. 
When the last ember extinguishes itself, when the smoke clears, when the dust settles, we enter into the star. She is shimmering, hydrating, healing. She gives us water, puts salve on our burns, and offers us refuge. If it is always darkest before the dawn, then the star is that dawn. Think about the hardest you've ever cried in your life, and then the moment you took a deep breath, wiped the snot off your face, and decided you were done crying. You feel lighter and clean. That is the star. This doesn't mean that everything is better, that all problems are solved and questions answered, but the problems and questions that seem baffling up until this point don't feel so unfathomable anymore. We know how to proceed, we know what we need to do, and we feel connected to a newfound sense of purpose. We fought hard for this wisdom. We cleaned out the gutters of our ego so that water may flow freely through it. We found the on button to the divine navigation system we didn't know came with the basic model. And while we're so fucking exhausted, we're also hopeful, even exhilarated, baking in the star's peaceful glow. After the rapid-fire action of the preceding cards, the star asks us to chill for a second and nourish ourselves. We know we're, to be clear, the preceding cards, like, in the order of the tarot, not in my preceding cards. Um, we know we're gonna be okay, we know we're gonna, going to regroup and rebuild, but here we can recover. If we didn't know how to take care of ourselves before, this is where we learn. The star is a gorgeous card, one that offers us respite and renewal while allowing us to reflect, in our, reflect on our resilience. In the tower, we might have been sure we wouldn't survive it, that it took everything and left us bare. But if the tower is a difficult and excruciating labor, then the star is the merciful birth. And here we are, fortified and clear, not broken and empty. We may feel a quiet sense of fearlessness as we are baptized in the star's healing waters. The star gives us a glimpse into the unknown parts of ourselves, which we can have faith in and depend on. We opted for death, faced the devil, and released it in the tower. This is not for nothing. The payoff we go on to find is our capacity to irrigate and nourish the world around us. We're strong in our purpose. We sense our creator's presence in all that we do. We sense our intended contribution to the world, and we feel drawn to manifest it. We have identified the North Star, and although its directions may frighten us, we know it will never, ever steer us wrong. Yeah, this seems like I, whenever I really start to be like, okay, I'm starting my business, and are like getting ready to do that, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so... Q3 feels a little challenging because next we go into the Five of Swords. It just feels like a big purge and a lot of shit happening, but that it's all worth it. And the star is a really beautiful card. And it's a major arcana. I don't know. It's just like we go from a court card that's like, you're the most moving person in the room, but are you a cult leader? For the general energy. And then the Wheel of Fortune is like, okay. What are we, what are we letting go of? We've seen these cycles before. Let's fucking, let's do it. Let's make some changes. Big life alteration. Then we have the star where it's like another big life alteration of, ah, oh, this is what you want to do. Here's your guidance. And I anticipate that it's going to be some shit that I am like, what the fuck do you mean? I'm supposed to tell people this and they're not going to think I'm crazy, but it's for the betterment of the plant. Oh, come actually you want me to do the thing that scares me the most i feel like it's gonna have some of that energy um 
And then the five of swords of just like really struggling with my thoughts and the way that I'm viewing all of this. And then the next energy is like, but we're magicians and this is where the magic's happening. And it's like a tower moment of like, oh, everything's crumbling. But then it comes into two more court cards that are like really happy and stuff. So yeah, it feels like, yeah, I don't know, the middle to the beginning of the fourth quarter of the year are going to be a little... A little roughy-tuffy. Okay, so now we'll go to the Five of Swords. I'm really excited to finish this recording so that I can eat some food. Um, where the fuck? How, how did this just happen? Oh, fuck. Okay, five of swords. Check yourself before you wreck yourself. Yeah, pretty much. Um, the first thing I ask people when the five of swords appears is if they would ever in a million years treat someone else the way that they're treating themselves right now. No matter how much of a stone-cold asshole they are, they always say no. This card speaks to the cruel, cutting, and downright twisted ways that we abuse ourselves. The voice that constantly reminds us that no matter how hard we try, we'll always be a worthless piece of shit, and somehow we've managed to fool anyone who thinks otherwise. That seems like totally like what I was just talking about of, oh, okay, I'm going to start this business and then just feeling like I'm a total fraud and how the fuck am I supposed to get people to believe me? The Five of Swords lets us know that we're in an unproductive and oftentimes dangerous loop of self-harm. There's nothing to be gained by remaining here. Show yourself mercy. Ask for help. and It's reinforced by the Wheel of Fortune. So, yep, two months before. Also by the Devil, which is in my ninth house. Um, of mental exploration and long distance travel and then um, it's opposed by the ace of cups which is in my reading and yeah okay so yeah it just feels like in the wheel of fortune it's like I'm letting go of self-sabotage behaviors and then September I mean August is the star and it's like giving me this guidance and direction and then I start going and moving in the di in that direction and I'm really excited about it and then I'm just faced with a bunch of fucking triggers about why I think that I can't be successful and do the work that I want to do and really make an impact that's how it feels okay and then Q4 we've got the magician I'm excited about this one I love the magician the quote is it's handled from Olivia Pope um, power, manifestation, genius, willpower, map maker, creation, master, resources, god force, action, boss, poise. See, earlier it said lady boss, and I was like, no, I just want to be a boss. And boss, poise, prepared, expert, self reliance, elemental, leader, self assured, fast. Okay, so this is the energy for Q4. Um, yeah, it just feels like <laughs> this is where we're heading, but we're not quite there yet when October starts. Um, in high school, my creative writing teacher took a small group of students to hear one of my favorite poets give a lecture. I was an angsty teenager and indifferent to pretty much everything, with writing being one of the few exceptions. I listened, enthralled, to this man compared to compare the experience of reading a good poem to that of standing inside a grand cathedral. With every aspect of the architecture meant to inspire awe in its occupants, it is a testament to structure allowing the understanding of space. We're always surrounded by...
Okay, so, Podcastle fucking hates me. Um, I'm honestly kind of considering finding a new platform. I was really happy with it up until yesterday when three times I recorded the same thing. And they somehow got deleted in different ways every time. I had a 30-minute clip. Like, it showed, it showed me the timestamp. 30 minutes. Over 30 minutes. I, like, save it. It exports. I pull it up. And it was 14 seconds of the 30 minutes. Like, what do you mean? It just cuts out out of nowhere. So I'm sorry, you guys. I, I don't know if Mercury's in Gatorade or what's going on. Um, but, yeah. Okay, so it's the next day. I'm just going to pick off on the pick up off on the magician. I don't actually know where I was at. And then I redid the whole last quarter. The Magician of the Tower, the Knight of Swords, and the King of Coins. Finished out the episode and then was like, oh, only 14 seconds of that saved. So we're doing it on my laptop now. I'm sorry if the audio sounds a little bit different for the rest of the thing. But we've, we've got to do what we've got to do, okay? So the card for Q4 is the Magician. So, I'm gonna read it. Um, so this is the first card in the Major Arcana card, in the Major Arcana cards, yeah. Um, the quote is, it's handled by Olivia Pope. So we've got power, manifestation, genius, willpower, map maker, creation, master, resources, god force, action, boss. It's cool that earlier it was like, lady boss, and I was like, no, I just want to be a boss, and now it's like, okay, be a boss. Poise, prepared, expert, self-reliance, elemental, leader, self-assured, fast. Um, yeah, so the only thing that I think that I have to say about the magician before I read the description is that um, in my Akashic Records reading with Amy, I asked what my like major archetypes were, and the magician was. She, was. she was like, yeah, this one's been dancing around the whole time. I was like, okay, cool. <sighs> okay, I'm going on to read this for what feels like the 18th time. In high school, my creative writing teacher took a small group of students to hear one of my favorite poets give a lecture. I was an angsty teenager and indifferent to pretty much everything, with writing being one of the few exceptions. I listened, enthralled, to this man compare the experience of reading a good poem to that of standing inside a grand cathedral. With every aspect of the architecture meant to inspire awe in its occupants, it is a testament to structure allowing the understanding of space. We're always surrounded by infinite space, but inside the expansive cathedral, looking up at the high vaulted ceilings, we can actually feel it. An ethereal concept becomes in that moment a tangible presence. This is the energy of the magician. He is the creative force, the manifestation current, the god energy, the resources that facilitate an experience. He's always present, but this card speaks to an acute awareness of the powerful archetype. The magician asks us to contemplate the value of using tricks in service of the higher self. A shaman does a healing on a person, detects a blockage somewhere in their body, and energetically removes it. At the same time, they use a sleight of hand to make it appear to the person that a small rock or pebble has been physically pulled from that area of the body. The magician toes the line between the true miracle worker and the trickster. Just as the cathedral manipulates our sense into being aware of the grandness that is ever-present but often overlooked. With this in mind, when getting to know this card, we must also 
Contemplate the difference between experiencing the magician, so standing inside the architecture, and being the magician, being the architect. Uh, I, <laughs> I think that I am called to be the magician. Um, yeah. When this energy is embodied in an, in an individual, please call me because you found my future husband. He exudes confidence and skillfulness in all he does. Um, quick pause, one of the things that I picked up from my higher self was that, like, I've just, not even my higher self, like, me in five years, I've got this confidence about me. Literally, I walk into a room and everyone can tell that I am confident in myself. And it's not, I'm not cocky, I'm not flaunting anything, it's literally just my energy, I'm fucking confident. So I like that. Um... Confidence and skillness in all he does with complete control over his many faculties. With the entire minor arcana at his disposal, it seems like he's capable of anything. He can build a cabin in the woods. I'm down. Manage a hedge fund. Eh. Be a stay-at-home dad. I don't really want to be a stay-at-home dad, no. Or CEO. Um, CEO, I don't, I don't like the term. It's just got so much connotation that CEOs are bad people. Um, I... I want to be the owner of my company, you know, whatever. If that turns into being a CEO, then we'll see, but. With full access to his masculinity and femininity, emotionality and practicality, command and surrender, wisdom and wonder, he's taken the best qualities of the minor cards and distilled them into a cogent singularity. Because of his vast resources, oh no, Harlow, are you okay? Can y'all hear her cough? Um, because of his vast resources, he possesses a distinct ability to make things happen for other people. Literally, <laughs> I I had a friend text me today and was like, or yesterday, and was basically saying he was like, I think I'm getting evicted from my house today. I'm like, oh, that fucking sucks, and like. I don't know what to say in words, okay? I can't take away from that, but I also am just in a different place and I understand the way that things work and so, I don't know, it's like all these people keep telling me this stuff about shit going wrong in their life and I'm like, ah, we're right on time, you know? Like, <laughs> this is just the cycle that's happening and it's hard for me to not come across as like, oh, I don't care or whatever, but it's all fucking temporary. Like, I just understand a bigger side of things so i'm trying to work on just like not even taking it into the metaphysical can of worms anytime someone asks me for advice because that's just the lens that i see things through but instead just like trying to convey like okay i see you i hear you whatever but so my friend texted me and was like yeah i think i'm getting evicted today and i took literally like two minutes to just be like ma'am i am I don't like seeing this kid suffer, and it's not because it makes me uncomfortable. Like, yes, it makes me uncomfortable, but he's a good kid. He doesn't deserve to be scared, 20 years old and scared if he's going to have to sleep in a porta potty this winter to stay warm. That's not, like, that's not cool. And it's like I can see he's he's got a lot of fucking trauma. And so I don't want to save him from that, but I was just like, universe, I was like, I see this kid in his highest timeline, like, if I win the lottery, I'm, it's like, here, you've got a house. Like, I'm not going to fix his whole life for him, but I would love for him to just have a stable home where he doesn't have to worry about if he's going to be kicked out. He doesn't have to worry about, 
what dangerous people are in the house that he's staying at like it's his house you know so I just took a little minute and then later on I was like texting him again and he was like it's crazy uh, he was like I got a week-long extension on my eviction I was like fuck yeah okay cool and he was like it's crazy how anytime I text you that my life is falling apart like 10 minutes later things just magically resolve themselves and I'm like well it's because I'm doing energy work and <laughs> um, so yeah that was just that was cool i feel like that's one of the reasons why my recording didn't save because that part wasn't included in the recording beforehand so okay whatever problem you bring to him he always seems to know a guy who have the specific wrench you need to fix the leaky faucet his capacity for empathy is great and his ability to identify a person's needs is effortless you're all invited to the wedding um so yeah i don't know i'm not a man but it seems like she wants to marry me when we experienced the magician, the risk of the fool has paid off. We took the leap and landed on solid ground, and now it's time to take action. That's the, that's the thing. The magician is traditionally depicted with all of the symbols of the minor arcana, because in many ways he's the dispenser of them. The tools are on the table for you. You will be given what you need when you need it, but the action is yours to take. That's the key thing. It's like I am struggling to figure out how to take action when I don't have money like example take action towards like doing retreats and shit and then and then it, I'm like how am I supposed to host a retreat if I have $40 you know people are, who are in the energy of the magician are hustling maybe stressed very busy and making shit happen it's a period of rapid fire nearly hysterical receiving doors are opening all around you opportunities are presenting themselves your goals are being activated and made possible in the full we say yes to the universe and in the magician the universe says yes back to us i fucking am here for it okay the anecdote um the week i quit my job so this is very fitting for me the week i quit my job i basically walked around in a state of sheer terror the first day I walked into a shop wearing a shirt with a tarot symbol on it and the woman working there asked me about it. When I told her I read tarot, she immediately invited me to work at an event there that weekend. Those first few days, I'm, <laughs> I'm a little salty that it just took her one day. I mean, I quit my job and the next day I found $100 bills on the ground and was given a bunch of weed, but I didn't get a new job the next day. But I don't think that this is how my story was supposed to play out. Okay. Those first few days I made twice as much giving readings as I would have working my old job. Every week I expected to fall on my face, and every week my schedule filled. By word of mouth and magic, my practice grew in ways I never could have fathomed or planned for. Within the first few months, the tarot took me to Brooklyn basement parties, Upper East Side penthouse baby showers, upstate wedding receptions, nonprofit galas, and once to a very open-minded church. <laughs> I worked with clients in Australia, Kenyan, I mean Kenya, London, Chile, Iceland, and Vietnam. I was contacted for interviews, documentaries, podcasts, and at the risk of sounding too meta, book deals. Most of the time, it felt like I was running alongside something growing, bah, growing beyond my control. I was exhausted, exhilarated, overwhelmed, and very, very busy. My social life also disappeared. I repeatedly crossed my own boundaries. My self-care was garbage, and both my boyfriend and dog experienced unprecedented neglect. But there wasn't time to appreciate the success, let alone consider the consequences. My dream was coming true, and I was being invited deeper and deeper into its manifestation. It was all I could do to pick my jaw up off the floor and continue saying yes to the opportunities coming my way. 
And yet through the surprise and delight and gratitude, there was something else, a knowing, a bone-level understanding that I had clicked into something that was right beyond what I could comprehend at the time. I felt more competent, more capable of embracing this expansion than I ever felt of anything else in my life. I felt myself working with the magician as much as he was working for me. All my energy, every resource I had, went to keeping up with this wild ride. Um, yeah, I'm down for that. Give me a roller coaster. Who gives a fuck? Okay, it is time for action, most likely of the rapid-fire, borderline batshit variety. Buckle up and get ready to work. The magician engulfs us in an intense creative energy. Everything we want is available to us in this space. Utilize both your skills and resources at your disposal to achieve success. He points to the efficacy of intention setting and shows our ability to manifest. I've been setting intentions a lot lately. Like, even, I've just been, like, struggling to sleep and stuff. And last night, yesterday I figured out a bunch of money shit. Um, and so I was, like, I just set the intention that in my sleep, all of that was going to integrate, like, flawlessly. And that I was going to sleep well. Um, and that happened. You know, I woke up, I kind of feel like a different person. Um, yeah, okay. The magician lends itself to feeling competent and capable. When considering if something is a good idea or has the fruitful potential, the magician answers, fuck yes. The highly charged energy tells us it's time to fully focus and commit to whatever it is we're trying to get done. Act now, breathe later. It's worth it to hustle during this time. The magician is also a very magical man and can present itself as a powerful romantic equal to the high priestess. A- Let's fucking go. Yeah, so I think what I said in one of the fucking previous recordings was that um, my general timeline that I kind of had was it, it was like, okay, 2026 is like when my business, my life partner, all that sort of like comes together. I was given that date from the Akashic Records, but I also just took it with a grain of salt. And I'm starting to think 2025 is more like it. Like, 2024 still doesn't feel like the year um, where, like, I've got my person. Like, I don't know. I'm not ready for my person yet. Like, I'm having fun being my own person, doing my own thing, not being like, hey, what do you think about me being gone for half the year next year to, like, do blank, blank, blank. You know, like I wouldn't be doing that if he couldn't come with me, then I wouldn't be doing that. But if he came with me, then it would be a different experience than if I like did it on my own and had to face the challenges and shit, you know? So, okay. Okay. For October, we've got the tower. So the quote is, enlightenment is a destructive process. It has nothing to do with becoming better or being happier. Enlightenment is the crumbling away of untruth. It's seeing through the facade of pretense. It's the complete eradication of everything we imagine to be true. And this quote is from Adyashanti. Um, so destruction, burn, purification, release, upheaval, liberation, enlightenment, cataclysmic, transform, uproot, disintegration, apocalyptic, I don't really like that word, extreme, helplessness, chaos, turbulence, dismantling, calamity, violence. Hmm just some peaches and cream ain't it i'm really not i'm sorry if i've already said this i'm really not scared of the tower my life used to feel like a fucking tower moment so now it's like okay yeah go ahead take like if i've got a month of a tower okay fine whatever i lived through years of what just felt like a tower and 
Yeah, it did. maybe things weren't like actually crumbling like with the full potency of the tower, but I constantly just felt like shit was hitting the fan, okay? Alright, into the meaning. Okay guys, shit is hitting the fan. <laughs> There's no way around it. The tower offers no quick fix, no neat solution, no way of pretending that everything is okay. Our life is ablaze and the only option is to offer ourselves to the fire. We are aware of how the devil is holding us back. The card, the devil, not like the Christian devil. We maybe have stood in it, face extreme consequences because of it, felt how our well-being is comprised due to the presence or hit wait we may have stood in it faced extreme consequences because of it felt how our well-being is being compromised due to its presence or hit rock bottom as a result of its manifestation the tower is the prayer for freedom answered whatever it takes the willingness to do anything because wait the willingness to do anything necessary is exquisite because the devil's wounds are deep and the tower will rip us open to our core to extract them. As I write this, forest fires are eviscerating the western part of my state. Whole mountains, old woods, people's homes, entire ecosystems and habitats are burning. It's been weeks of this. Wind has carried the smoke over 200 miles east and it looms over our city. The best efforts of thousands of people and the marvels of modern technology have not been able to extinguish it. We're all praying for rain. This fire is awesome in its scope, non-negotiable, destructive beyond belief, and a nightmare for the ones experiencing loss as a result. And yet the fire is not cruel. The fire has no malice. In fact, the ecological benefits of forest fires are numerous. It burns away undergrowth, allowing sunlight to reach the forest floor, removes alien and parasitic species competing with native plants, replenishes and fertilizes soil. They are a central catalyst for supporting healthy wildlife populations and provides a nutrient base for new growth. This doesn't mean we cannot hate the tower while it's happening. We wouldn't be human if we didn't struggle with its extreme energy. But when we step out of it, when we get some distance for it, we maybe find ourselves grateful. At the very least, we're not the same person we are when we entered it. The tower is the best appreciated in hindsight because in this urgent space we cannot reflect or search for greater meaning. It may be the greatest teacher of true, undivided presence because of its absolute consumption. If God dwells only in the present moment, it could be said that for better or worse, we're never closer to the, divi to the divine than when we're experiencing the tower. I'm down for that. If death is the peaceful passing of an old relative, then the tower is the unexpected death of a young friend. For all of the purification properties of this archetype, we do not do it justice if we overlook the travity, tragedy, calamity, and shock this card can bring with it. Okay, yeah, that's not what I'm trying to do by saying I'm down with it. I'm just recognizing that presumably something is going to have to fall away that is not in alignment with like my highest timeline, which is always evolving, and... So it's like I accept that sometimes tragedies happen and sometimes shit really needs to break us open in order for things to happen. I'm not just being like, yeah, bring the shit show on. I'm excited. I'm not like excited for it. I'm excited for the transformation of it, though. Even the staunchest believers in everything happens for a reason will have their faith tested in the tower. So... Yeah, exactly what I was just saying. Like, I'm, I don't think I'm above that just because I've got a lot of tower experience. 
It can show up in ways that feel inexplicable, unfair, and impossible, and yet it's not the end, and there's a greater light ahead as we move on to the final cards of the Major Arcana. Seneca the Younger said, Fire proves gold, adversity proves men. And in the tower, we walk through the fire. Whether we enter willingly or we're forced in kicking and screaming, the effect is the same. It scorches off everything flammable, all that did not truly belong to us. Everything false is destroyed, and we're only left with ourselves. Okay, here's her anecdote. There are a few there are a few rules in rehab. Actually, there's only two. While in rehab, don't sleep with any of your fellow rehab inmates and don't do drugs. Considering most people come to rehab with fried brains and ruined psyches, I appreciate them keeping it simple. However, I was incapable of following even these basic instructions. It took approximately a week for me to hook up with your friendly neighborhood heroin addict, and it took two and a half for me to go over to Jenna's house and drop acid with her. If you've ever done acid before, first of all, good for you. And second of all, the effects can last up to 12 hours, and I was in hell for every single one of them. That sounds fucking... No. No thanks. No thanks. I've had scary moments during trips. Never 12 hours of it. You know? And, like, I've had 12-hour trips, you know? So it's not... Yeah. No. Fuck that. I resolved to be substance-free for the duration of my rehab program to show everyone that I was so fine and totally not addicted to drugs and could stop whenever I wanted... And there I was, lying on the floor of her basement, tripping absolute balls and waiting for it to end. When it finally did end, I drove home. It was a snowy de December morning, and so bone-chillingly cold outside that I could feel it creeping into the windows, even with the heat on full blast. Who did I need to lie to? What did I tell my parents to explain me getting home at 7 a.m.? An hour I was, and still am, rarely awake for. How did I hide this from my rehab? I went through it in my head. Acid doesn't show up on a drug test. I crafted a passable lie to tell my parents. No one needed to know this happened. It could just be another fuck up, another lie, another thing that I had to lock up in the box of secrets I car carried around with me. I was so tired, so broken, so short-circuited from the nightmare of the evening's events. I planned on going home and sleeping into the next morning. Less than a block away from my house is a train track, and as I pulled up to it, the crossing guards came down. I cursed the gods and hoped it wasn't a freight, but nothing came, at all, for well over 30 minutes. The gate stayed down to protect us from a ghost train that never came. I'd already been arrested, kicked out of school, and forced into rehab. Before that, I'd lost weight, friendships, and the perfect GPA that mattered to me so much in school. My writing was at a standstill, and my college applications were in jeopardy because of the legal trouble I found myself in. The tower went into effect before this exact moment, but in that car, that freezing morning, a block away from home, I finally felt it. I didn't want another secret to keep, another lie to tell. I didn't want it to be like this anymore, and all of a sudden, for the first time, it was apparent that I didn't have to be. Everything would have to change, but it could be different. Everything did change that morning. It marked the beginning of a seven-year period of sobriety and an exorcism of the dark thing in me. It has not returned since. In a reading, major disruption and upheaval, shit's going down, sudden change, being brought to your knees, humility, humiliation, spiritual awakening, a massive energetic release, explosion or outburst, annihilation of the ego, destruction of the false self, the thing in question is not long for this world, it's meant to burn, crisis, tragedy, freeing yourself from something at all costs, a burst of awareness, a realization that requires dismantling your current reality. So, yeah, I think that pretty much explains itself. This sort of feels like an unavoidable. Like, there are certain energies where it comes through and it's like, okay, it's kind of like a warning sign. Like, 
don't become this guy. You know, stay on top of your wits so that you don't become this guy. And then there's certain ones that are just like, and this is going to happen regardless of how good of a person you are. And that's the tower. To me, at least. I don't know. Don't take anything that I'm saying as, like, tarot truth. You know? I mean, I'm trying. I'm not lying to you intentionally, but you get what I'm saying. And now we are on to November. So the Knight of Swords, another court card. I've literally got five court cards in this reading. And five major arcana cards. And then, yeah. Okay. The Son of Swords, the Argo, or the Agro. This card brings to mind a dude like Steve Jobs or Ari Gold. Great accomplishment, geniuses with absolutely no chill. Being around someone in this energy is hard on the nervous system because he's in a state of constant movement, ever, chain, ever charging full ahead at full speed. Intensity is not a negative characteristic, but the type displayed by the Son of Swords can feel a little bloodless. It does not translate to the tireless efforts of a passionate individual, but rather to the militant force of a soldier. Hmm. Okay. This could be true to the fact- Wait. This could be due to the fact that his brilliance is more technical than artistic, but either way, he's not what you call a people person. He's scary and intimidating and makes others uncomfortable. He might be the friend you feel like you have to be- You have to invite to a party, but secretly hope that he doesn't come. Being well-liked is- of little consequence to the Son of Sword. He's singular in his focus and urgent in his mission. His bravery can be seen in the way that he pushes boundaries of his own endurance and of the field he works in. The demands he places on himself are extreme. His standards are in a category of their own. He's not interested in perfection because that's a pre-existing paradigm. He wants to go beyond what has been done before. He shares the quality of obsessive thinking with the Daughter of Swords. But where she internalizes it, he represents its outward manifestation. His insane expectations make him a difficult, if not impossible, person to work with, with colleagues often feeling freaked out, diminished, or alienated. Team player is not on his list of special skills, but he also made Apple. The mystery of the Son of Swords is what motivates him, a love of discovery, a desire to prove himself, unemotional and indifferent to the point of others, it seems unlikely. Maybe he's driven by the need to make a contribution, or to know what he's capable of. Addiction cannot be ruled out either. Often the advice of this card is to seriously consider a situation calls for, an for such an aggressive and excessive approach. In a romantic capacity, one must wonder what it, f what it might feel like to be the focus of his gaze. Personally, I'd swipe left. He's the stuff of clingers and stalkers and gives off some serious SVU realness. A balanced relationship will not occur here, and he tends to attract partners who are either insecure and being, and enjoy being worshipped, or are heavily guarded because he has no problem ignoring boundaries. If you're waiting for someone to come and break down your walls, it's this guy. Careful what you wish for. The challenge of the Son of Swords is to better know himself and his motivations. His energy stabilizes if he can infuse his intense nature with passion and purpose, and defuse it altogether when the situation calls for it. Um, yeah, so this feels like one of those warning cards, like, oh, your life just fell apart, now you're trying to pick it all back together? Okay, well, don't be a fucking Nazi, okay? Don't, you, you know, we can still be, like, graceful and excited to, like, move on, but I don't have to, it's like it feels, um, kind of like the energy of... 2020 when everyone including myself was a social justice keyboard warrior and 
we just thought that you know it's like i had really good intentions through all of that but yelling at people and being like ah, you fucking suck you're the problem that just makes the problem even worse and it took me a little bit to realize that but um that's okay you know we've realized it so yeah yeah that's yeah that seems like all for the knight of swords Okay, and last but not least, the King of Coins for December. If you were still here with me, you are a fucking real one. Okay, King of Coins, the sugar daddy. I'm down for that. I don't actually want a sugar daddy, but I want someone who gives me money for being cute. Um, okay. The card of CEOs, sugar daddies, and presidents. Wealth is the defining characteristic of the Father of Pentacles. And not only is he rich, but he's been rich for long enough that he no longer freaks out about the fact that he's rich. He's chillin'. He doesn't walk into his handsome study and marvel at the rows of leather-bound first editions. He doesn't pour himself a scotch from the crystal decanter on the marble table and giggle because he's not drinking cheap whiskey out of the bottle anymore. He's settled comfortably into his abundant reality. Ooh. An older masculine, he's probably past the height of his career and enjoying the fruits born from a lifetime of hard work. His distinction, authority, and prosperity are a given. He wears it loosely and with ease. I don't know if I am becoming the king of coins or if this is just if like another person who is the quote-unquote sugar daddy is popping up into my life or if just the energy of like you're provided for you're fucking like it's kind of old news that i manifest a lot of money is maybe what it feels like for the father of pinnacles to love is to provide for and a father figure like him means that you will never go without if you can't make rent that month, if you really want to take that vacation, if you decided to go back to school, you are covered. Can we get that in January? <laughs> Under certain circumstances, he may draft a document detailing the interest-free loan and proposed payment plan. That is for your sake, not his. His satisfaction with his life comes from the work that he puts into creating it, with money being only one, only one of the many byproducts. It's an important that people he loves both feel supported and appreciate the value of an honest day's work. Because of his strong connection to the material world, the father of pinnacles will, father if the f will falter if the physical resources are compromised. Ill health, financial hardship, or family problems will all threaten the foundation of his sturdy masculine. In cases like this, he risks, oh my god, he risks collapse if he does not reach for the immaterial. Emotional support and spiritual connection open doors for further development and expansion. I don't think I have to worry about being spiritually connected. I don't know, maybe after that tower moment it knocks me off my, my fucking, off my game for a little bit. Okay. So there is my reading for the year. Thank you guys for listening. Um, I, I hope that I truly do hope that this served you. If not, thanks for listening to what my year is going to be like. You know, I think it's going to be pretty fucking dope. Y'all are going to be hearing about it a bunch. I'm probably going to reference this reading a lot. So if you listen to this, then cool. You're already ahead. <sighs> okay. I don't think there's anything else. I appreciate you for being here with me. Thank you for listening to the Processing Publicly podcast. I hope that that. Ooh. 
I hope that you have an amazing day, an amazing week. I hope that you know that you're pure magic and that you know that you're exactly where you need to be.